Scishow Tangents is brought to you by Shopify. Hank, when you started your career as <laughs> the internet science man, was opening an online store something that you were really thinking that hard about or something you thought you'd do in a billion years? I was uh, making a shop before I was the internet science man. Oh, what? That was the first thing I did. I was that first. Wow, I got to learn my Hank history. How did that go for you? <laughs> Good. I'll, here's what I'll tell you. Like the the the... The part where we start selling a thing and you get to see the number go up is so exciting. And uh, when it's just like you uh, by yourself, you got to be careful. But luckily, (laughs) Shopify has all kinds of little tools to help you with that, to help you with increasing conversions, to help you with managing orders, with customer support, with all of the stuff. Uh, Because it's a, you know. I don't know. It feels like the industry standard. And so there are all kinds of plugins that you can use to make your Shopify work for you in particular. That's right. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from vlogging in your parents' basement to treading the boards of Carnegie Hall. Now, it was my basement. It was my (laughs) basement of my own home that I was renting. (laughs) Downstairs of. (laughs) If you say so. From your first sale to your one millionth, Shopify is here to help you grow. And they've got a proven track record, my friends. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and powers entrepreneurs in 175 countries. They have, as Hank mentioned, the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And they have award-winning customer service because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tangents, all lowercase tangents. Go to shopify.com slash tangents now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S, all lowercase. Welcome to SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive science knowledge showcase. I'm your host, Hank Green, and joining me this week, as always, is resident science expert, Sari Riley. Hello. I, I feel uncomfortable with you using that to introduce me to someone I've never met before because they know you from TikTok as, like, science expert, and I can't top that. Look, Sari, what everybody used to know is that when I have a TikTok I need to make, I just call you. Uh, what do I, I don't <laughs> I know nothing. And that's canon. <laughs> uh, also joining me today is our resident everyman, Sam Schultz. Sam, how is everything going? I'm feeling social anxiety for the first time in a year. Because there's a person in the room who you don't know? <laughs> yeah. Because we're also joined by a special guest, comedian and YouTuber and streamer, Curtis Connor is here. Hello. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate you coming, and I have a question for you and the rest of our panel here. It has been confirmed that Kim Kardashian is now officially a billionaire. If you oh. were a billionaire, how would that happen? How would you? How how would it have happened that you became a billionaire? And an inheritance is not allowed. I'm not allowing it. <laughs> that's not. That's not fair. <laughs> that's how it happens to most people. If I were to become a billionaire, I feel like you would have to be like. Just through theft, I, I feel like, like there's <laughs> embezzlement. No, there, there's no natural way for it to happen, right? Right. So you just uh, you you like get somebody's password to their Bitcoin wallet. Yeah, and sort of you know rob them blind for you know lack of a better word. 
inherit okay. their well no i guess you can't really inherit i was gonna call it no <laughs> inherit i would inherit their stolen money illicitly inherit yeah exactly. yeah i don't think that's what that i think that that word is specific to not stealing <laughs> though i guess in cases sometimes people will murder and that's a yeah. kind of an, an inheritance theft yeah if you don't get caught that's the trick is that how you would do it sari no uh. i wouldn't i wouldn't do a murder i would probably uh take advantage of rich people and offer mm. like a ridiculously expensive SAT prep class or something like very stupid. Right. Oh. I've thought about doing this very thing. <laughs> you would parasite them, right? Is that what happens yeah. in parasite pretty much? Minus the hiding in their house. But yeah, parasite in, in spirit <laughs> of I will show up as a tutor. All the fun parts of parasite without right. all the yeah. <laughs> Sam, how would you become a billionaire? It's impossible for me to see a path to me being successful in any capacity. <laughs> Oh, no. Probably, <laughs> probably um, like a very accidental like stock market investment mm-hmm. or like finding a treasure, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a good one. I fall in a hole and there's a bunch <laughs> of gold in the bottom of the hole. I think that's the only a way. Nice gold hole. Yeah. The podcast you're listening to is called SciShow Tangents, and, and here, every week, we get together to try to one-up Amaze and delight each other with science facts while also trying to stay on topic. And we're playing for Glory. We're also playing for Hank Bucks. And I'll be awarding one of you the victory at the end of the episode. Curtis looks like he has something to say. No, that's my mouth dropping in just shock, because I, I didn't know there was, I didn't know, you, I didn't know there was money to be won. A special Hank <laughs> currency. Yeah. <laughs> and every Hank Buck has an NFT. Yeah. And they're you could they're they're open for bidding right now at nft.nft. And <laughs> and so you can you can have a Hank Buck for yourself. Um <laughs> if you have enough Ethereum, I guess. <laughs> what a sentence. And as always, we're going to introduce this week's topic because I don't know, Curtis, do you even know what the topic is yet? Yeah. Oh, I know. It's what Am I am I going to give it away right now? I get to no, announce I'm about, it. I'm about to say it. Yeah, you can tell us what is it. It is fish. You pass the test. <laughs> yeah, imagine <laughs> it is beans, legumes. Oh God, beans! That's got to be soon. Uh, Sari, so what is your fishy science poem? One fish, two fish, more like thirty thousand species. They're in all kinds of water, floating with their feces. There's guppies and hammerheads with their furrowed brows. They're squishy or bony, or they're phosphorescent wows. Some use gills to breathe, jaws to eat, fins to speed them up instead of feet. With scales for protection, eggs for reproduction, remoras even have a special head for suction. But then lungfish and hagfish seem to break all the rules, using land or oozing slime and not swimming in schools. They've had hundreds of millions of years to change, so it's no wonder that so many fish are so super strange. So from a little goldfish in a bowl to tunas in the sea, just know they share an ancestor with Will Smith and Angelina Jolie. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Sari, thank you for your poem. Uh, what is what is a fish? And, and this is now like a, a meme in science communication that like they're literally there are podcasts and books about the fact that there that fish don't exist. What really? I didn't look into the fact that fish don't exist, but I looked into the the meme that we are all just fish. Mm. Yeah, this is the this it's it's one of the two. Either I am a fish or there are no fish. The definition of a fish, as we consider them now, if you like point to a fish in the water that people will agree upon without getting into meme territory, is that they are aquatic animals, so they're living in the water. They have uh, a backbone, so they're a vertebrate. They have gills. 
to help them filter oxygen out. Mm -hmm. And they don't have limbs with digits like fingers and toes like we do uh, because they have fins. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure dolphins are in there. They're a mammal. Yeah, but you just listed a bunch of attributes that dolphins also have. (laughs) (laughs) So, So not a mammal is another one of the important attributes. Yeah, I think not a mammal. Okay. But there are cartilaginous fishes. So like a shark is a fish. Yes. So they don't have to have bone. And they don't have to have jaws because there are lampreys. But it turns out that the things that are fish are, are very, very distantly related to one another. And we are much more closely related to some fish than other fish are to other fish. They've just been around so long or what's going on? They've just on? been around so long. And the okay. ocean is a big, big place. They've been here for way too long. They got to get out of here. <laughs> they have to cede the territory. <laughs> They're overstaying their welcome, absolutely. Yeah. The ocean is ours now. Uh, fish are <laughs> over. If we're yeah. fish, then why can't then we can just that's claim right. the ocean? Well, that's the wild thing about dolphins is that they are fish that left and then came back. Well, like I, I don't, I don't like it in the ocean. I'm going to leave, and then it was like, actually, that was great. I'm going to have like a hundred million year break on land and then head back, head back. It's like when you go away to like university and you're like, this is going to be great. But then you're like, this kind of sucks. So you just kind of move back home. <laughs> Dolphins took a gap year. On <laughs> and then they <laughs> Taxonomy turns out to be extremely complicated, but very, very fun. Sari, fish, I feel like almost definitely is a word that we have no idea where it came from. Is that the case? Yes and no. It's like we have no idea where it came from because we used it for so long. We we pointed to a thing, anything in the water, and we're like, that's a fish, which Mm. is how we got words like shellfish and starfish Mm. because like just tack on the word fish of like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, we've got fish fish, and then that one looks like a star, so we're going to call it a starfish now. But I did learn a word. I I, I did learn a new word <laughs> in the <laughs> process of researching fish. Uh, it comes from the Proto-Indo-European root pisc, which forms all or part of the words fish, piscatory, Pisces, oh. porpoise, and grampus. What's grampus? <laughs> what? My dad's dad. <laughs> yeah. My grampus. Uh, so that's why we're all fish, because grampus is fish. It, it was actually a word that people used for killer whales, like orcas, and Mm. other large dolphin-like creatures. So there is like a grampus dolphin out there uh, that has just carried this name on into the present. (laughs) Is this like like granddaddy fish, grampus? Like big fish, I think, like Uh like a big whopper. Grand pisque. Yeah. So they used to call them grampuses, and then killer whales had like a rebranding effort. They were like, they were like, like well, that cool does not enough. sound mean enough. I <laughs> yeah. want to, I want you to recognize my status as a murderer. <laughs> Man, it's wild to watch my son watch a na- nature documentary where a killer whale straight up murders a a penguin, and he's mm-hmm. like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> whales got to eat, buddy. That's a yes. They're like, why is he doing that? And it's like, well, that's just a little meat pill. For that boy. (laughs) Do you know that some penguins are so fatty that that they will burn? Like you can use them as like fire logs. Anyway. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Have you done this? No, but people did. uh, Because they're like on on islands where there was basically no wood to burn a fire with. They would just like use penguins. Ah. Sounds like an extravagant rich person That's, thing to do. Yeah. It's awful. It's super awful. And it it was that was that is a fact from one of the very first things that was ever published by me in a magazine. It was a Mental oh. Foss magazine in the early 2000s. Wow. If you'd like to look it up. <laughs> so that fact stuck, unlike all of the other ones that I learn. 
and also all of the other ones that we are about to learn. I'm excited to have our first game of SciShow Tangents, where there are some points on the line. And our first game is another edition of Rhyme Time. This is a very simple game where I tell you uh, about something, something that is a two-word phrase, and then you tell me what that two-word phrase is, and then all of the subsequent descriptions of other things will rhyme with that initial thing. And then... You'll get it eventually, Curtis. Don't worry. All of those things will rhyme with a scientific term about fish that I will then tell you about. It won't make any sense, and then it will make sense, and then you'll be really mad at Hank. (laughs) Okay, as long as it ends with me being mad at Hank. So we're going to start out. I Hopefully everybody gets this one, but whoever says it first is the one that gets the point. A small horse that made a basketball shot that didn't even hit the rim. Pony swoosh? That didn't hit the rim? A pony swish? A pony swish, because Mm. Curtis knows more about basketball than Sari, who thinks it's called a swoosh. (laughs) One letter more than me. (laughs) Yes, swoosh is not quite the noise that it makes. It's a pony swish. Curtis got our first point of the game. Everything in this round will rhyme with pony swish. If you squeezed the doctor who is in charge of the pandemic, that would be a... Comey Pinch? Comey? No. Who's Comey? That's that's the FBI director. That was some other guy. (laughs) Yeah. Rhymes with pony, though. Who's in charge of the pandemic, you guys? Who's that new famous doctor that we all know the name of now? Fauci Squish? No. What's his first name, friend? Tony. Tony Squish. That's right. It's a Tony Squish. Thank you. Sari Riley gets another point. Rhyming with Tony Squish, if you wanted a rock very badly and you asked a genie for it, that would be a... Stony Wish. Oh, Uh Sam Schultz coming in fast with the heat. (laughs) Uh, Our final one of this category. If someone fed you odd processed meat slices on a plate, that would be a... Bologna dish. And the thing that we were rhyming with, anybody know? Bony fish? Bony fish is correct. Uh, So there are many different kinds of fish. We've already talked about some of them. There are lampreys and there are hagfish and there are cartilaginous fish. And there are bony fish, which are 99% of the fish. And they have jaws and mineralized skeletons. And you can very easily make the case that you are among them. It's called osteichthys. And we are in among the osteichthys. Which we have already talked about, so I don't need to talk any more about that. And so now it is time for our second category and final category of rhyme time. And we will start out. Now, refresh your brain. None of this will rhyme with bony fish. A way to get to the top of the building at your high school that has the shiniest wooden floors would be a... Gym ladder. Gym ladder! Oh, nice. (laughs) No How way. Are you, so, you, need, you need to be on all the time. Sam and I take forever to get the first one. <laughs> so it rhymes. Wow. Everything will l- rhyme with gym ladder. Wow, Curtis, I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah, me too. What the hell? The man who played Dr. Frankenfurter has been transformed into a poisonous snake. That would be a rhymes with gym ladder. I don't know his name. I know the snake. Tim Adder. Tim Adder. <laughs> Sam Schultz gets a point. If you want to propel yourself through the water, but you need to do it even more sad than you were before, you would swim sadder. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this man who makes hats in olden times is not very smart. Bad hatter? You might even say that the, the light in his head uh, is not very bright. Dim hatter. 
Dim Hatter. I forgot the first word we were rhyming with. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> and that rhymes with anybody? Want to know what that rhymes with? That is a, a fishy scientific term. Dim Adder. Swim ladder? Swim ladder? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. what s- s- salmons jump up. Oh, you're right. Dams. It is. There is a, such a thing as a swim ladder, but that's not <laughs> the thing I was rhyming with. Sari gets half a point. Is a swim bladder? Swim bladder! You already said swim, mm. though. You can't use swim and then use swim again. Yeah, I can. Okay. Uh, I didn't even know I did it. Swim bladders <laughs> are used by most non-cartilaginous fish. They're not used by all non-cartilaginous fish, but they control how shallow or deep the fish go in the water because water pressures are different at different levels in the water, different amounts of gas, and the swim bladder will result in neutral buoyancy at different depths. And fish want to be roughly neutrally buoyant so that they don't sink or float. That would be bad. They would have to expend lots of energy making sure that they stay at the right level. Now, some fish gulp air into their swim bladders, but other swim bladders are filled by an organ that actually pulls oxygen out of their blood and uh, turns it back into a gas or into a gas because it wasn't originally a gas for fish. It was diffused out of the water. Turns it back into a gas that they can then use to fill up the swim bladder or empty it back out by diffusing the oxygen back into the blood, which is wild that they can just make gas in their bodies, which I guess I do too. Can fishes fart? Sorry, sidebar, but... (laughs) Sari, I I saw a nod from our science expert here. Can fish fart? (laughs) Some of them use farts to communicate, I think. They like... They like oh, fart cool. lots of bubbles. Little clicks and stuff, right? To Yeah, warn their friends, I think. It's right. like Whoa. they get nervous and they fart, just like me. That's totally <laughs> understandable and a part of life. <laughs> if anybody was keeping track at home of how you did, let us know on Twitter at SciShow Tangents, where you can tell us, I did even better than any of you. I got every single one of them. That rhyme time was so easy. And then we can feel bad about ourselves. But the <laughs> totals that we have come to in the end, Curtis. You got three points. Sari got three and a half. Sam Schultz in the lead with four. Yeah, baby. Wow. I'm a smart rhyme guy. Next up, we're going to take a short break, and then I have another game for our panel. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had, you think you could name them all? And before you just start naming streaming apps, remember that basically everything has a subscription these days. Video games, dating apps, food delivery apps. It's a subscription service world. We're just living in it. And with all of these subscriptions, it can feel like money is just flying out of your account. And that, frankly, sucks. But Rocket Money can help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money can help you negotiate to lower some bills for you by up to 20%. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in total canceled subscriptions. Escape from the planet of the subscription services and stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Factor, whose ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning. Stress is stressful. I don't like it. (laughs) Life just goes and goes, and it doesn't ever stop going. There's always something else to do. And one of those things 
is a very important thing called eating dinner. To eat dinner, one must pick out what they want to eat and then go to the grocery store and then buy the stuff and then chop the stuff and do other things to the stuff. You have to heat the stuff and put it in water. And then afterwards, you have to take the things that you heated it in and they're gross and you have to make them clean again. Meanwhile, life is still happening. That all, all that's building up around you. Oh, this is like, terrifying. I'm so, <laughs> I never want to cook again. <laughs> You're right. Factor ad. I don't, I don't want to have this happen. This is unacceptable. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, parentheses, all the time, uh, you just don't have the time or the energy for meal planning on top of everything else going on in your life. So thankfully, Factor is here to help. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon come mealtime. You can get chef-crafted meals that are better for you and better tasting than takeout delivered right to your door. Ready to heat and ready to eat. No prep, no mess, no sink full of dishes, no stress. We're kicking stress out the door in 2024, and I certainly hope that's true for me. <laughs> Heck yeah, Factor. Kick my stress. Right out the door. <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a chest freezer just for these meals. <laughs> Oh, you're going to need one because they have over 35 meals to choose from. Flexible ordering options, add-ons, smoothies. Factor offers all sorts of fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook. Banish your stress, even if it's just for like one hour while you're eating dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash tangents50 and use code tangents50 to get 50% off. That's code tangents50 at factormeals.com slash tangents50 to get 50% off. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for Truth I have prepared three science facts for your education and enjoyment, but only one of those facts is real. Our panelists will have to figure out either by deduction or wild guess which is the true fact. And if you do, you get a Hank Buck. If you are tricked, no Hank Buck. I have facts about goldfish. So they are popular pets, though humans are not always great at raising them. But while they may seem fragile in our care, they are very hardy fish in the wild, able to survive winter and the oxygenless conditions that it creates in water. How does the goldfish prepare and ultimately survive the winter? Well, the following are three possible explanations, but only one of these explanations for how goldfish survive the winter is true. Fact number one, goldfish get ready for winter by turning to some friendly neighbors. The beaver. With winter upon them, goldfish have been spotted gathering in dams, swimming close to the much warmer beaver, taking in their heat while also salvaging some much-needed oxygen closer to the surface. Mm -hmm. So they just cuddle up with beavers. Or, fact number two, goldfish burp their way through the winter. To adapt to anoxic conditions, goldfish switch from aerobic to anaerobic metabolism, which relies on stores of glycogen in their liver. One of the main byproducts is lactic acid, which could lead to lactic acidosis if it builds up too much in the fish. So to get rid of the lactic acid, the goldfish burp out little lactic acid bubbles. Or finally, remodeling. Goldfish make themselves seasonally appropriate by doing some remodeling of their gills. When temperatures get cold, they adapt their gills by removing cell masses and increasing the surface area of their respiratory structures, which allows the fish to take in more oxygen from their environment. They just rebuild their gills. Which of those three facts? We've got burping, 
uh, remodeling and beaver fever uh, <laughs> for for us to choose from. Please now quiz me. Don't insult my intelligence with the beaver one. Come on. Koi's. Hey, uh, we don't think they cuddle? There's koi's and koi ponds like down the street from me. There are beavers hanging out on the koi pond. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I walk through, I walk past that koi pond too. That's that's too bad. I should I should have remembered that we live in the same neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but just like for my knowledge, I never thought about goldfish being in the wild. Where do they yeah. live? Like, where can you go out and observe a goldfish not in a fish tank? I don't think they're from. I would guess they're not from North America, which is the only place that beavers are from. Correct. Um, so. Look, yes, and they're from East Asia, and just okay. don't guess the beaver one. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, we know now that. Funny enough, that I asked about fish uh, farting. Now mm-hmm. that one of the options is burping, it's fish. basically that. Mm-hmm. So it is. Yeah, it's basically a fart out of the mouth, essentially. <laughs> My son, and I don't know where he learns learned this, calls farts butt burps, which I'm like, no. Just say, just say nice. fart. Just gr- just grow up. Just say the, <laughs> say the that's not better. But yeah, I think I think burps totally plausible. I feel like if you can get gas out of one end, you can get gas. I don't know. Fish aren't very big. They're a tube too. Squeeze gas out of both ends. Uh, the guilt changing one seems too hard for a goldfish to do too. They seem like they'd be lazy creatures. Yeah, remodeling. Their, that sounds like a lot of a lot of work. They had to call in the property brothers or something. <laughs> They are really good at getting big, though. Oh, like yeah. how koi's grow to fill the size of their tank, and all goldfish do. Like that—that that is a big problem when people are keeping goldfish is that they don't have a big enough tank. My brother had a koi that got a little comically huge, and then we had to donate it to a Japanese garden because it was like it cannot be happy not turning around in this tank. Oh. Oh. Did he go visit it after it was there? Yeah, we could go visit it. We could like you could buy little baggies of food for like fifty cents and then sprinkle them in the garden. Sometimes That's nice. so nice. I put my uh, goldfish in a pond that a neighbor had, and an egret ate it. <laughs> did you wa- Did you see it happen? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. I, they informed me. I like went oh. by and I was like, "Where's the goldfish?" And they're like, eh. Ooh, "Sorry, oh yeah. no, that's Florida for you." <laughs> well, as long as they don't get eaten, they're good at growing. So I, I would say biologically, the gill seems plausible. I think I'm gonna go with burping because burping seems easier. So I'm gonna lock <laughs> that one in. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm gonna. Oh, gosh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the burping. I think. Okay, burping. I'm, I'll I'll go with Gills. I'll stand by my own logic. Okay, just in case. Sarah's standing by her own logic. Is that really it, or were you leading them astray intentionally? Because oh, you won. Oh, I did not lead them <laughs> okay. astray intentionally. Uh, <laughs> dang it. I don't know. I do have a friend who recently bought a house and discovered that. Despite all these like property tours, there was a koi pond in mm. her yard with four fish living at the bottom that no one mentioned. Like no one, not the seller of the house, not the uh, realtor. And she was just like, they're alive in there. Uh, <laughs> they survived a Michigan winter. Yeah, so. that's what it is wow. wild. The, yeah. the, they don't take them out of the pond down our street either. It's like no, I always assume they did. But then I saw them in like yeah. September or something. And I was like, those guys are probably too cold. But I guess not. No, they're there. They're apparently fine because they can do winters very effectively. Now, kleptothermy is a thing. It even has a name where one animal will warm up to another animal and just kind of 
get the good the good warm vibes from from somebody. Uh, beavers don't make good winter neighbors. Their dams prevent fish from exiting ponds, and many fish end up dying from the lack of oxygen that results. Mm-hmm. So opposite fish do burp, but they do not burp lactic acid. Goldfish do switch to glycogen stores for anaerobic metabolism. So uh, they do do that and it does produce lactic acid. But instead of burping it out, they convert the lactic acid to ethanol, which diffuses out of their gills. And they do that conversion using an enzyme similar to the one found in brewer's yeast. So kind of goldfish can make booze. That's neat. Dang. But don't do that because they also poop in their water. uh, Uh, So it's not just uh. booze. But yeah, goldfish and some other carp Uh, relatives have the ability to remodel their gills to take in more oxygen. They do that by killing off masses of cells called the interlamellar cell mass, which can take up space between the oxygen bringing in structures called the lamella that are on the surface of the gills. And that removal exposes more surface, allowing more oxygen intake. And it would be maladaptive for goldfish to always have that higher surface area because they would lose things uh, that they need in their blood, like ions. But it's useful for adapting to hypoxic conditions or low oxygen conditions because it allows the goldfish to prolong their normal metabolic processes before turning to that limited glycogen store and anaerobic metabolism where they produce all that ethanol to survive. It's pretty cool. Goldfish, look at you. Good for them. I don't know why we're so good at killing you if you're so good at surviving. And that means that we have our final scores for the episode. Curtis and Sam came in at three and Sari pulled out the win with 4.5 points. Dang. That makes sense. You went to school for this kind of garbage. (laughs) For this stupid stuff. Yeah, you went to fish school. (laughs) A school of fish. Yeah, that's all I did for four years. I swam around in the ocean, became one with the fish for this episode. Paid off. Real quick, Sam got four points. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the first no! one, yeah. Oh. I know. <laughs> oh, come on. I, <laughs> I was feeling right. kinship with you, but now I just feel superiority. Yeah. Why got to your job so good? Tuna, thank you for your update. And now it's time to ask the science couch, where we've got listener questions for our couch of finely honed scientific minds. It's from at Macrochellis, who asks, why do fish smell fishy? I... Imagine it's a compound that contains nitrogen, but that's all I got. It does contain nitrogen. Hey, they all nitrogen is so stinky sometimes. The nitrogen containing compound in question here is uh, trimethylamine. That sounds stinky. Just picturing that. I don't like I don't like that. I don't like how it looks. It looks like a stinky molecule. Can you really picture that in your head? Yeah. Yeah, trimethyl- yeah it's I mean, that's, that's a, not a complicated idea. molecule. Okay, well, (laughs) all right. I literally did go to four years of school to be able to do that. (laughs) So, Yeah, Hank and I are just very well prepared for this one kind of of mental imaging. But I I don't know any words that are related to basketball outside of basketball. So (laughs) swoosh. So you pick your poison, what what you want to be dumb at. Well, anyway, the reason why it's so high in fish and like particularly ocean fish is because they use a compound called trimethylamine oxide, so like a related chemical, to stabilize the proteins in their cells because as you get deeper, the pressure increases and that can mess with the way your cells function. And this compound like helps make sure that there isn't too much like salt rushing in or out or ions rushing in or out and the, pr- the proteins can still like move around and do the things that they need to do to synthesize I don't know, keep your body running. Proteins do so many things. 
And we know from studying bony fishes specifically, because there are so many of them, that TMAO and the trimethylamine oxide increases with depth. So like if you if you catch a deep sea fish and bring it up to the surface and then kill it and expose it to the air, then all of the trimethylamine oxide in its body will get chemically converted by bacteria or just like exposure to the air or enzymes within the fish to trimethylamine and it will stink. So the <laughs> deeper a fish, a stinkier a fish? Yeah, that's why freshwater fish aren't as stinky. Okay. I feel well, truly educated on fish stink. Mm -hmm. If you want to ask your question to the Science Couch, you can follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents, where we'll tweet out the topics for upcoming episodes every week. Thank you to at WitchVulgar, at Iviarella, and everybody else who tweeted us your questions for this episode. I'm pretty sure I pronounced WitchVulgar right but I'm pretty sure I got the other one <laughs> I think you kind of blew the second one, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for making a podcast with me this week. Curtis, you can find Curtis Connor's work. It's Curtis Connor. It's spelled like that with a K in the, in the first one and a C in the second one. Nailed it. There's many funny videos that you can find and watch and also podcasts. I'm on one of them that you can go listen to. What's your podcast called? My podcast is called Very Really Good. It's a weekly podcast. And um, yeah, it's it's a good time, I promise. If you like this show and you want to help us out, it's very easy to do that. First, you can go to patreon.com slash scishowtangents to become a patron and get access to things like our newsletter and also our bonus episodes. We already have more than 250 patrons, so thank you to everybody who has signed up to become a part of that community. Second, you can leave us a review wherever you listen. That's helpful and lets us know what you like about the show. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, just tell people about us. Thank you for joining us. I've been Hank Green. I've been Sari Riley. I've been Sam Schultz. I've been Curtis Connor, the best guess ever. SciShow Tangents is created by all of us and produced by Caitlin Hoffmeister and Sam Schultz, who edits a lot of these episodes along with Hiroko Matsushima. Our social media organizer is Paolo Garcia Prieto. Our editorial assistant is Taboki Chakravarti, and our sound design is by Joseph Tunamenish. Of course, we couldn't make any of this without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you, and remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire. But one more thing. Parrotfish in Hawaii like to dine on algae found on rocks and dead corals, using their fused teeth to scrape the algae and some other tooth plates to chomp up the rest of the coral. And after the coral passes through the digestive system, it gets pooped out as sand. So much sand that it's estimated that around 70% of the white sand beaches in Hawaii and the Caribbean is made this way. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Curtis, how do you know so much about parrotfish? Amazing. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and I went to school for specifically parrotfish. I wish, it, I wish the questions were about that. <laughs>